Hello and welcome to the Impact Fashion Podcast. I am Chidabem. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast after a short break. This week's episode is another how-to and a very timely one. We're talking about how to sell secondhand clothes on Depop for this episode. The reason it's timely is that last week it was announced that Etsy, the online marketplace where you can buy almost anything handmade or crafty, had bought Depop for about 1.6 billion, so it's about 1.1 billion pounds. Depop is an app that can be used to buy and sell secondhand vintage used clothes. Dare I say much like a eBay? While I would like to pretend like I knew something was on the horizon when I started planning this episode, I didn't. My interest in Depop and how young people are using such apps to buy and sell clothes was inspired by episode 8 of the podcast. For that episode, I talked to Stephen Bethel. It was so interesting to get insight into how a big-ish established company approached reselling old clothes that I wanted to get a better understanding of how individual sellers, smaller businesses were approaching this. And so the idea was born. According to ThreadUp's annual resale market report, the second-hand market is expected to be worth about $64 billion, which is about £45 billion, by 2024. While I always take the estimations from these annual reports with a pinch of salt because ThreadUp operates in the second-hand market, the company is an online consignment and thrift store. Recent announcements and partnerships from a number of key fashion players seem to be signalling that ThreadUp might in fact be onto something. In episode 8, Stephen and I talked about Beyond Retro being in Selfridges. Here's a clip. You know, we, you know, we need to be on our game because we're going to Selfridges. You know, this is like, and 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 to be fair, we have a we have a shop in Soho that's you know, four blocks away from Selfridges, but it's not in Selfridges. So this mm. is you know, for us, it's it's quite exciting because it's about us being part of a conversation, a bigger conversation about it's okay to buy used, and there's real value in used. And, and it can be a, a, a quite exciting retail uh, experience selling and buying used. As they announced in April, that it would begin selling secondhand clothes in 50 of its George stores across the UK. So it seems that reselling old clothes is becoming the it thing in fashion, although it's not super clear what's driving this. Some believe that the rise of the secondhand fashion market is driven by changing consumer behaviour, especially amongst young people. Majority of Depop's estimated 2 million users are, according to the Business of Fashion, under 26. So I wanted to talk to someone who knows this demographic to understand how things work and get some insight into how smaller businesses and individuals might also get involved with selling secondhand clothing. My customers are 16 to 24 year olds. They are people that are gen, like girl, predominantly girls and they're interested in fashion. They're interested in playing with fashion. And I think they're interested specifically in sustainable, like secondhand. And that isn't just because of the secondhand aspect. It's because the styles that we're getting that are secondhand are so exciting and they are bringing a lot of nostalgia back and like kind of bringing styles that we all wish that we could have worn when we were younger but we were never allowed to because our mums didn't allow us so we're like okay now we can go back that was fiona short my guest this week fiona runs a depop store called fifi's closet with a community of over one hundred and ninety thousand people and customers that include model and avid depopper bella hadid with the second-hand market forecast to continue growing, 
I wanted to produce a how-to S guide to support individuals and small businesses as they navigate change. So here is my conversation with Fiona about her Depop shop. And at the end of the episode, there'll be some key tips if you're looking to start an online shop. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I started like randomly, randomly downloaded Depop. It wasn't even like a planned thing. Just had it on my phone. I think it was like an app recommendation or something. Started selling and it just kicked off. Like at that time, there wasn't many people actually selling, but my parents are actually antique dealers. So they're part of the trade. What was something that you learned from them and like you translated into your own work? The community aspect is massive. Mm. Like if you can if you can be a a decent human being to other people especially in the trade and like you can get on with people and kind of like hustle a little bit like and barter with prices and kind of just you build your own style and take that with you when you're when you're buying when you're sourcing pieces you're always like searching for something and that just takes like time and time to build like really what you want to bring to the world or bring to other people how have things changed since you started? So you talked about when you started, there weren't that many people doing it. And now it's, it's, there's a lot of conversation around kind of vintage and like reselling. What's the temperature? It is, it's hot. <laughs> like, it's hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's, now it's, it's so many people are doing it and which is great. It's so many, there's, as the community has grown when me and like me and you started my housemate we started like there was probably maybe like 15 of us that were doing it full time doing it intensely and like mm. now I think everybody can sell on the side everybody even if you've got no qualifications or you've got no experience like it's so easy to start if you have a smartphone and maybe some clothes in your closet that you want to shift so like I feel like the community is heavy now like it's huge so yeah it's it's nice to see there's definitely obviously more competition and it makes it, I feel like the styles become very intense, like as in everyone kind of follows trends beforehand. Everyone was kind of doing their own trend and every their own style and bringing their approach. Now the like Y2K and 90s, I feel like everyone recognizes it's what people want. And it really is. It's such a nice like era and it's mm. so great in fashion. And I think that gets pushed like really heavy um now and like it's nice to see that there's so many people doing it I suppose it's kind of where you what approach you take to this community and like what what approach you have when it comes to selling what's your approach to kind of selling and 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 getting yourself to stand out my approach comes from like understanding my community which has always kind of been the same and we've all like we've all almost like grown up together because I mean we were selling I was selling when I was like 18 like 17 so now I'm 26 kind of like definitely grown up with these girls and like understood how things are changing and also like I think it's really important to still connect with people even though we're not all exactly in the same situation like we're not I don't live I'm not uni anymore you know I mean like I can't like be like side by side with them but at the same time like there are so many underlying things that push fashion at the moment and like there's so many underlying causes and like feelings that push why people are wearing the things they're wearing and like especially with sustainability and everything like I think it's really important to understand what people are wanting not just in fashion but like outside of fashion 
and also clothes wise like anything that is just fun and enjoyable and sustainable vintage like I am obsessed with like 90s colorful fashion like anything that's like sick that you can't really find anywhere else it's like unique it's yeah so that comes like with sourcing like you have to kind of work out exactly how to source these pieces on a regular basis not just like one-off pieces to build like a store so that's definitely been an interesting journey you talked about the fact that you know you're engaging with your community you know your community so what are some of the conversations that you're having with them the big thing in our community and especially in fashion I think overall is that transparency like being able to see who is behind the brand and like what they who they really are and if it's real it's so easy to be a particular identity or particular personal line and share things it's so easy to share things and seem like you believe in things or seem like you want to push stuff but really like it is down to like being transparent and actually showing even if it's just showing your face and like doing a video or something just like just so people can connect and like Mm -hmm. I think that's something really I know I'm wanting more of and I think that maybe that's not even on social media and maybe that comes off social media and it's more to do with like in real life events and like actually being able to connect with people on that level. So what does running a depot shop look like? I handpicked the pieces. I style them, photograph them. I kind of, sometimes I rework, you know, if they need a little bit of love or like, or, you know, they need fixing up, I'll do a bit of reworking. And then they go in the shop and like when, sometimes they sell instantly. Like if it's something that is, I know the custom, my customers all want, like it sells within minutes, but then sometimes it might take a little longer. And it's kind of, it can, especially when you're starting a new shop, it can be, you're trying to like feel your way. Like what's, is it the price? Is it the times that I posted? Is it my communication with my customers? There's all these things that you kind of have to like feel through. So you have to like take it slow, work through it. And maybe it might be that I drop the price or do a little sale or like rework it or, you know, re-photograph it there's so many different things you can do and I'm always taking notes I'm always like hmm, okay that didn't sell that quick okay maybe it's not as popular so maybe like leave that for the next time fascinated by the hand picking how time consuming is that it can take all day it can take <laughs> all week it depends how much you want to do how many pieces you want also it gets quicker over time because you become like a machine (laughs) like you are upset like you kind of understand exactly what you're going for and especially like recently going over to Italy that in itself is a trip so it's like you're going over maybe for a few days or something and then it's dedicated to handpicking and it's dedicated to actually sourcing it can be timely but it's it's the most exciting part of the job like Mm. it's genuinely the most exciting part like finding pieces so with kind of finding your stockists, how do you go about that process? And then also with the handpicking, what are you looking for? Well, with this, with the stockist, you can, if you are, a, if, say you were to start out today and you were like wanting to build your shop, you can ultimately, you can go to like charity shops or like, you know, down the road and like go to somebody like an organization or you can go online to wholesalers. Like there's so many wholesalers now online that offer really good hand picking. Like my friend Ed Perkin, he's got like a vintage uh, spe- like wholesale business in London. You can go there 
have uh, like appointments and like work with him. Mm. And it's nice because a lot of these are smaller businesses. So you, you can work together on curating your shop. When it comes to actually understanding what I'm looking for, I'm looking for like quality, really good quality. And that usually comes with a lot of vintage pieces because of the manufacturing. The quality was so different and it's, it was a lot slower. So there's a lot of effort that's put into each piece. So it usually, that usually is quite easy. And then when it comes to style, it's just anything that feels right. Like I feel like I've tried to connect as much as I can with my customers and understand like be and also I kind of am my own customer in some ways so I'm always like just searching for what I really love and like it gets me excited and what's been your best find I'm curious oh my god um I actually have built a little tiny archive now I found some really beautiful pieces over the years. I used to sell everything. Anything that was cut that I would find would automatically go straight on Depop. But I, over the years, I have started selecting just a few pieces. And the best find was I found a, like this beautiful John Galliano top in this market. And it was just, I picked it up because I liked the pattern. I didn't pick it up because it was designer. I was like, I just picked it up. And it was only till when I met with my mate in the market. And I like opened it. I was like, oh my God, this is like a really, really rare piece. Some of the best pieces are pieces that are non-branded, pieces that are just really, really well-made, really beautiful vintage pieces. What's one thing where you thought this is, this is going to hit and everyone was like, no. I mean, it's happened a few times. (laughs) Like I, I used to, I used to have quite a strong sense of, I mean, I still do. I used to be, I used to absolutely love like really intensely bright colored pieces and stuff like that. And I still absolutely love them. Anything that's like fun and exciting. And I, I remember like sometimes buying pieces back in the day and like being obsessed with them and then putting them on and be like, why does nobody love these? Like, um, because, because obviously we're so heavily trend driven. So sometimes like when you find things that maybe aren't in trend yet, or maybe they're so unique, Sometimes they just don't sell and like, I mean, that's okay. And what happens to pieces that don't sell or don't do well? Everything is eventually sold. I started doing a little bit of wholesale on the side. Obviously that's not just for pieces that don't sell, but it was for like to to explore the selling market and like explore the community and understand that my customers might not buy everything that I put in the shop, but there's always someone out there that has a different customer base and somebody Mm. who genuinely can sell these pieces within minutes because the customers are just there. I try not to do wholesale and like buy wholesale as much anymore, like where I don't know what's coming in the box because I know that there's always going to be things that don't really fit with the shop and stuff like that. So people talk about, oh, you know, but these secondhand things come from all over the world and there's still an impact of, of kind of vintage and secondhand. When you hear that response or when you hear that kind of commentary, how do you respond to that? I understand where people are coming from when they when they mention and they speak of like the fact that vintage still has an impact because of course it does. Like everything we do has an impact to some extent, but it's like, it's what impact, like how much impact is it actually having and who is it affecting? Vintage is, and secondhand in general, has so many positives that are, for me just outweigh the negatives. Like, I mean, just in general slows the tempo down, like kills our approach to fashion just a little bit. And I think that's what we need. As promised at the top of the episode, here are Fiona's tips if you're thinking about starting a Depop shop or 
any other secondhand clothing shop online. The main thing is kind of understand that this is, if you want to do it long term, this might be something you really want to do authentically and like have an authentic approach to. So like look at what you are in your daily life interested in and like you enjoy doing and who you are as a person and bring that forward and it will be accepted because or it like being authentic to what you enjoy is what people really love. Especially on Depop, it is also a social platform. Whether we like it like to think of it or not, like we we people are liking and on there to gain inspiration. So the more you can be yourself and show yourself, um, mm. I think people really take that. But you know, you don't always have to show yourself. It can, it, you can bring it through your clothing and bring it through your styles. I think if you're struggling to find a niche, just look at like what you love behind the scenes and bring that forward. Now we're getting out of lockdown. Go to the Depop events, like go to pop-ups or even just connect maybe with people in your area who are Depopping and like, because what I learned from watching my parents do the trade is that that trade, the whole trade, especially in the UK, is built on community and actually being friends with people. So if you can like, if you even if it's just online through messages, if you can build like maybe a connection with other sellers and your customers, it, it's the most valuable thing because you're going to be speaking like me and you talk every day about just anything like shops, packaging, styles. We're always talking like bringing those, those conversations, like anything, people, what people want, what's happening in the world. Like we want to, it's, it's always a conversation. So I think it's really healthy to do that when you're working alone mm. in business. Thank you to Fiona for being on the podcast and sharing her insights. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Impact Fashion Podcast if you're enjoying it. Leave a review if you fancy it. And if you have any questions or suggestions for future guests, let me know. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Impact Fashion UK, all one word. See you Friday.